Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. have real football to talk about we've got lots of injuries to talk about way too many injuries like it's really depressing already we're in week two and week one was amazing and you're already scraping waivers because all of our studs are injured not that it's their fault there's a you know hopefully you picked up your waiver pickups that you wanted yesterday sorry we didn't get out a waiver show i think we might have to stick to one episode a week and just talk about the games we are very very busy people (laughs) yeah uh for those of you who haven't heard michelle just started her job with the nfl yes but i kept my day job day job as well so i'm going to be working around 80 hours a week, plus doing Bob Blast stuff. I'm not leaving Bob Blast or anything like that. So we're going to, and Kate, you're super busy as well. So we're going to definitely get one episode out a week. And Absolutely. And uh, we're not going to have microphone issues. So I, I hope this is some better sound quality because we've had some mic issues. There's been lots of issues, but everybody, we are so excited. Week two, um, week one is in the books. It was an interesting one. I feel like we learned so many things and nothing at all. At the same time. Well, let's just jump into the news because there is a lot of unfortunate news to talk about. And we'll, we'll discuss those injuries and who will be out and who will be in. It's just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. All right. We have lots of hamstring injuries. <sighs> so Kenny Galladay missed week one. And you could tell it was it hurt the Detroit offense. Yeah. Marvin Jones didn't step up in the way we thought. I mean, it was a hard matchup against the Bears. Matt Stafford struggled the run game. You know, Adrian Peterson did his thing. But besides that. He almost had 100 rushing yards. How disgusting. <laughs> besides that, there was nothing else going on with the Detroit offense. So hopefully Kenny Galladay can make his way back. He's not practicing today. And today is Thursday. Now that's like no practice Wednesday. You're like, all right, no practice Thursday. Then they become very questionable to play. I'm guessing, if I had a guess, Galladay doesn't play. What about you? Uh, I say out. Uh, Jamison Crowder showed up today in the injury report with a hamstring injury on Thursday for Thursday's practice. So he's not practicing, and he could miss this week against the 49ers. He was the only target for Sam Darnold. Le'Veon Bell is now on IR with a hamstring injury. So can you... I, is there a single piece of this offense you can start? Is Chris Herndon going to get 20 targets? Or is I he mean, just going to be the only person a defense has to worry about so he's never open? Considering Sam Darnold can't throw himself the ball, I think he's pretty much the only option. Uh, I wonder what Brashad Perryman might do, given the voluptuous target share. It's sort of interesting. Yeah, you do have yeah. Richard Sherman, uh, who's just placed on IR for the 49ers, which... Helps him. Yeah. I mean, I guess Perriman 
is an interesting play. I would feel much better throwing him into a DFS lineup and just shooting for the moon than actually putting him in your lineup with a win-loss for the week. But it's kind of like Jameson Crowder. He was a garbage play last week, but he was a great garbage play. Yeah, he had like 25 points. Yeah, he was a wide receiver well, one. He did have that long touchdown that really helped him. Uh, moving on from hamstrings, I'm sure we'll come back to them, but Chris Godwin... Uh, is in concussion protocol. Random. Apparently he suffered a concussion during the game, but no one knew. And uh, symptoms just started to pop up in the middle of the week. And he's missed practice today, and it doesn't really seem like he's going to be good to go for Carolina this week. It stinks. It's a great matchup. Uh, And I don't think we're going to have him. And we have... Mike Evans on the same team. Scotty Miller! (laughs) Mike Evans on the same team dealing with a hamstring. He did play through it last week, so I'm sure he's going to play through it this week. But yeah, Scotty Miller might have an actual real solid PPR week. I think Scotty Miller is a guy that you need to have in every single DFS lineup this week. He's a bargain to begin with. He's just a a cheap option, but we saw it last week. 18% of the team's targets last week. Yeah. Brady loves him, and guess what? Honestly, when you were watching the game, Brady looked better targeting Scotty Miller than he did pretty much any of the Bucks receivers. Uh, was just not on the same with Mike Evans on the same page with Mike Evans. Um, they just seemed so sloppy and messy. But Scotty Miller, they got the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds gross to plug him into your lineup, but yes, it it's no more gross than plugging a Jamison Crowder in last year. You know, you never were pumped to plug him in. He just got a lot of targets and he did well for you in PPR formats. So I think that could be the same thing with Scotty Miller this year if uh, the Bucks' top two wide receivers keep getting injured. Uh, we have George Kittle here. He suffered a knee sprain in the game. He's not practicing this week, but Kyle Shanahan did say like, George Kittle doesn't need to practice. Yeah. So so I don't think we're going to know if he's going to play. I think he's going to be a true game time decision. And then if he does play, is he effective? Because last week in the second half after he got that injury, he was pretty much invisible. If He was used as a decoy. Yes, exactly. So you have to have the cojones then to bench George Kittle which does not I don't know if I could do it I don't actually have him in any leagues because he was too pricey like I normally get tight ends a little bit later I don't know if I drafted him though if I could bench him because you know the potential of George Kittle you know the potential but what if you had I, I can't even think of an option what if you had a Chris Herndon who might have a 35 targets on the game I mean, there's no one else. Oh my god! Could you imagine benching George Kittle for Chris Herndon? Um, no, no, I can't because I. I mean, last week we saw Herndon get what like thirty something yards. Uh, so I do think George Kittle can still put that up even in a game where he's injured. Now, Jordan Reed's interesting. Jordan Reed is not interesting. No. Um, <laughs> moving on then. Uh, Philip Lindsay is dealing with turf toe. And he's day-to-day. He hasn't been ruled out. But I think no matter what, you should rule him out of your lineups. A hundred percent. Philip Lindsay, when he left the game, we saw, you know, obviously Melvin Gordon assumed all of those touches. He's going to be the goal line guy to begin with. Um, he's Melvin Gordon gets a huge bump if it weren't for the defense they were facing this week. I, I think that we have to be considerate 
of the fact that Saquon Barkley had... Negative yards until, like, what, 10 minutes ago in that game? Yeah. He had negative rushing yards. The Steelers were behind the the line of scrimmage faster than Barkley could even touch the ball. And they just... The whole team surrounded him and just took him down. Now, is that the Giants' offensive line? Is that the Steelers' defensive front? I think it's a little bit of both, but I do think a lot of it is that Steelers' front. And hes they're going to dominate most running backs because that's what the Steelers have been known to do for a really long time. They became a little bit easier to run against uh, for a couple years, but I think they're right back there where they're just dominant and you're not going to want to start your running backs against them. Yeah, so like Philip Lindsay, he's injured to begin with. Um, turf toe lingers. They're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sharing a backfield. Yeah, you want no piece of that. And no. even if it's just Melvin Gordon, you sit him this week against the Steelers. Yeah, and I understand if you have to play Melvin Gordon, like, but and maybe you can have a game like Barkley. Barkley actually ended up with a decent fantasy game because of his receiving. It has to be all receiving. And Gordon can get a lot of receptions. He's just not as good in the receiving game as Barkley is. And maybe he'll get the receptions. I don't think he's going to get too many yards um through the air like Barkley did. And it it Barkley needed a fantastic play to get those yards. Like he like jumped over, hurdled someone to get that. And that's not Melvin Gordon. Um, moving on, we have two more hamstring injuries, of course. Devontae Parker re-injured his hamstring in Sunday's game. And now he faces the Bills. He's not startable, even if he plays. That's a no. That's a no for me. Uh, that's and, a no from me. And then Corey Davis, he had his good week. Uh, his one good week of the year, but now he has a hamstring issue and he did not practice Wednesday. I do not have an update if he practiced today, but either way, he's not in my lineup for me. Corey Davis, truthers, you can go back to bed. (laughs) James Conner, I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so annoyed. Uh, Yeah, he got hurt in the first quarter. (laughs) I mean, I was defending him. And Mike Tomlin was defending him, and Steelers fans were defending him all offseason long, saying... We fought the battle for this This could be the year that he finally stays healthy, and Mm. in the first 10 minutes, I could not believe it. He was out, uh, just like that. And it doesn't look like it's a big injury at all. He probably will play this week. It's a slight ankle sprain. Benny Snell looked good. The issue with Benny Snell is he's not a receiver. So that's just kind of the Steelers' game plan is to have a running back out there that can do both, run and catch passes. So if Connor's back healthy, I do think he starts. And I don't know if you can play him. Because how many times are you going to plug him into your lineup for him to play a couple snaps and get re-injured? Like, <laughs> I don't know how many times he can ruin your week. He actually made me lose multiple games this week. And it's like... Not cool, man. I don't know. I, I need to see him play a couple games, I think. Like, full games to be able to put him into my lineup. And then yeah. when I finally put him in there, he's probably going to get hurt again. Of course. Oh. Well, before we get into today's matchups, uh, let's talk about my bookie real quick. The only best place ever to place your... That's for literally any sport. Uh, football for us, obviously, but... They've got odds for the U.S. Open, the NBA playoffs, college football, Stanley Cup. You could even bet on the Emmys. Yeah, but if you're listening to us, you love the NFL. So go put your player prop bets on the NFL. <laughs> That's the most fun by far. Yes. Come on. The player prop bets is like playing um, fantasy football. But if you think a guy's going to get 80 yards and his line is 75, like go bet that and go win some money, money. instantly. 
One bet I like uh, this week, it, the odds aren't even out on it yet, but Kendrick Bourne is getting a touchdown. So go Why? ahead on Kendrick Bourne <laughs> to get a touchdown. We have a promo code for you guys. It's Ball Blast to get your first deposit matched by my bookie up to $1,000 in site credit. Again, that's promo code Ball Blast for your deposit to be matched. It doubles your money. So don't forget to go sign up, place your bets, and let us know what you're betting because we love talking about that. Um, but let's get into the week two matchups. Oh my God, we didn't get to do this last week. I know, we didn't get to do our week one matchup. So I'm very happy to be here today with you guys. Let's talk about week two. We have our Thursday night game. We're not going to talk too much about that because by the time you listen, you may have already watched the game. But Bengals, Browns. I'm going to set my TV on fire. Is that a snooze fest or I don't know? Yeah. There's some interesting stuff to look at. I'll be watching for how does Joe Burrow play because uh, last week. How he does made, he rebound? Yeah, he made some rookie mistakes. He looked decent. He did. It, it was a hard defense. Um, but how does how does he perform in his second game? Uh, can Baker Mayfield just like put a game together? It was it the Ravens defense or is Baker just really that bad? Uh, hopefully, it's, uh, hopefully it's the Ravens defense. And then we have both sides of the running back groups, right? Both sides really stunk it up in Week One in fantasy. <laughs> Joe Mixon scored six fantasy points for you, like and terrible. he got one target. One target, on six fantasy game. points. He had 20 touches, um, did nothing for you. Totally blew it in your lineup. And then Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they started off looking real nice, and then the Browns got blown out. So they didn't do too much for your team. So hopefully today in a lower scoring game, both sides can uh, look a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Let's. Uh, we have so many matchups to talk about. We're not in bye week yet. So we've got all of them. Let's talk about just some of our favorite, most fantasy football relevant matchups on the week. The the games that we project are going to be high scoring, lots of points. Um, the first one that I think is worth mentioning is the Carolina Panthers Bucks game. Super interesting divisional matchup. The Carolina Panthers defense is garbage. Oh, they're so bad. And Josh Jacobs had, what, three touchdowns against them last week? You get a touchdown. You get a touchdown. Nearly 140 total yards. He had a fantastic game. I, I think that's going to be the way of it throughout the seasons. Like, play your running backs against Carolina. Uh, and Josh Jacobs is amazing to begin with. So not every running back against Carolina is going to have 140 yards and three touchdowns. But I do think they're going to have good games. So... Many of you all know I'm a Ronald Jones hater. Like, I, I'll say that. Like, I'm a Ronald Jones hater. It's fun to hate on him because his truthers just take it so seriously. <laughs> he is my scrumptious it's start a, of the week. He is also, uh, I, I really like Ronald Jones this week. If he can't put together a 20-point fantasy performance against the Panthers. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Then you can't start him ever. I mean, he doesn't need 20 points, but he does need a good 15 points this week against the Panthers. He was very... He didn't in- put up a, a good stat line last week, but I will say watching the game against New Orleans, I did feel like he actually looked better in the game than he his stat line indicated. Yeah, I mean, and his he stat line had- was uh, padded by that last, yeah. uh, last carry. I mean... This, it was with three seconds ago. The Saints just didn't really care. They just needed to get them down to not score. And they gave up 12 yards. His stat line would have even looked more atrocious. Uh, I think he only scored about eight or something fantasy points. 
this is the week that you start Ronald Jones if you drafted him. And I also think you can start Leonard Fournette because what if they give him more? Uh, so I, I do like him more in DFS. It's a little bit riskier. In, I, um, I literally can't. Yeah, I can't put him into my lineup. I uh, did so in a league last week and he lost me my week. I told he you not to. Yeah, he only had a handful of touches. I think that was expected. He just joined the team. And we have to remember Bruce Arians in this whole... He's a lawyer. He's a dirty lawyer. <laughs> well, this whole offense brought up Ronald Jones all summer long. So... You knew coming out week one, he would get the majority of the touches. It's just, when does Leonard Fournette start getting more touches? Is that week two? Like, does he steal three more? It doesn't have to be a lot, but if once he gets up to eight, 10, 12 touches, that's going to eat into Ronald Jones' work. He has and to be just annoying enough. So Ronald Jones is going to have to be efficient in this game, which he should be able to do. And hopefully Tom Brady doesn't steal his touchdown this week but I do like Ronald Jones um it's hard for me to admit so I feel like I'm putting him down at the same time but (laughs) I I, I need to do it uh Chris Godwin apparently might not play probably won't with the concussion so is Mike Evans a really juicy play this week are you still worried about the hamstring he did absolutely nothing in week one I'm worried about the hamstring I'm worried just about the connection between him and Tom Brady it's not there yet like He's a big play guy, and the connection, they look like they're in totally different zip codes on different continents, and they're ships passing in the night. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady didn't look great in week one, but he was a doable fantasy option, right? Like, he, he did enough to perform for your fantasy team. I think in this matchup, yeah, play him, right? I mean, you're not going to sit Tom Brady against the Carolina Panthers. If you drafted him, like... You drafted him for these great matchups. It should be a higher scoring game. Uh, it is a divisional game, but the Panthers' defense is just really bad. And the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, on the other side of the ball, had a fantastic rushing defense, just as they did last year. Only allowed two point four yards per carry to the Saints in last week. Yeah, I, CMC I, had oh. two rough um, goings against the Bucks last year. You're not sitting CMC. Like, at all. But maybe don't expect a 30-point game from him this week. Maybe expect a 15-18 point game. He can still get into the end zone. What he's a loser. St- he's still going to get targets. But it maybe put more upside elsewhere because you know Christian McCaffrey's not going to win you those weeks like normal. I looked up his stat line uh, against the Bucks last year. It came out to something around 38 carries for 68 yards. Like, it was, gar- the, it was garbage. The, the Bucks' run defense is real. real solid. Camara last week averaged one yard a carry. Like, 1.2 yards a carry. Blech. The teams that were good uh, against the run last year are showing, at least in week one, they showed to be good against the run this year. So, the Steelers, Jets, and Tampa Bay were the top three. And they were the top three again uh, in week one. So, that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Another juicy matchup. We've got the Atlanta Falcons and versus the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you see Dak, right? And he is coming off of a game losing drive. Not not super exciting, but uh, shout out to all the Dak haters. You probably loved that moment. But they got him so many shiny toys. Um, last week, unfortunately, he lost Blake Jarwin to an ACL. We saw Dalton Schultz come in. But the real star of the entire game was CeeDee Lamb, who looked like he's been playing football uh, since I've been a baby. Yeah. No, he looked really good. He was 
open. He, you know, caught the balls his way. I don't know. He just, he looked like he was meant to be out there. He looked like a vet. He looked like he's, he he was much more experienced than he was. Um, And he got the target share right off the bat. Would you feel comfortable playing CeeDee Lamb in week two? So all of these injuries that we've, we've seen suffered this week, we're going to need some replacements. Can you play CeeDee Lamb this week? I'm okay with it. So obviously it's going to depend on your options. I would rather play a Paris Campbell than a CD Lamb. Brashad Perryman or CD Lamb? CD Lamb. I mean, you can name most people <laughs> For, <laughs> against Perryman. I'm going to say CD Lamb. I, I liked what I saw out of CD Lamb. It did start off hot for him, and then he kind of cooled off, and he, you didn't notice him as much um, as the game went on. But the Atlanta Falcons just let Russell Wilson cook, and cool. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett both had good games. I do think that Dak Prescott and his wide receivers can have good games. Now, is that a Mari Cooper game? Is that a Michael Gallup game? Is that a CeeDee Lamb game? Is it two of the three? Is it three of the three? Probably not. That's going to be the hard part, is deciding whose week is it. But I don't think... I'm not going to fault anyone for playing any of them. Amari Cooper has to be in your lineup. He had 13 targets last week, and we thought maybe it'd be a down week because Jalen Ramsey would be covering him. Uh, it seemed like anywhere Jalen Ramsey was, Dak Prescott targeted. I don't really understand. (laughs) He could be on Gallup, and he would target Gallup then. He would be on Cooper, he would target him. He would be on Lamb, he would target him. I feel like like that's just mind games, honestly. And then on the other side of the ball, so you're starting your Dax, you're starting the wide receivers. I'm not getting cute with Dalton Schultz. Like, that's not a thing. On the other side of the ball... Atlanta defense, uh, they are going to continue to allow Buku, Buku stuff through the air so guess what i think matt ryan's going to have another game where he has to throw 50 times yeah he's probably gonna have to throw a lot we didn't see todd Gurley with too many touches but i think it's because seattle kind of ran away with this game so hopefully todd Gurley gets more carries this week if they can keep dak from scoring as much as wilson did and then some targets he got five targets and he only had two receptions for one yard, but he still saw five targets, which is a good thing. Um, and then you've got all of these elite assets around him as receivers. Julio Jones, of course, in the most Julio Jones fashion, has uh, led uh, week one in receiving yards. Of course he did. Yeah, Julio Jones had a great game. And what I do want to bring up, and maybe it could happen again this week against Dallas. Maybe it's a high-scoring game. Maybe Dallas blows them out. Maybe there's garbage time. But I do think it's going to be a closer game than it was in Seattle. Uh, So if you look at Julio, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage, all had fantastic games. The thing is, over three hundred receiving yards. So the over three hundred receiving yards or over hundred? Because that would be insane. (laughs) All three of them over one hundred. Yeah, receiving yards. I think they all had what nine receptions. That's amazing. But what I did want to bring up: so many of those came in the last two drives. So if we're going, we're going like say you're watching the game, you're going into the fourth quarter, you're in the fourth quarter, and the Seahawks go up 31 to 12, kind of in the beginning of that fourth quarter. So 31 to 12, it is complete garbage time at that point. You're up 20 points in the fourth quarter. After that point, that's when Ridley and Russell Gage started to come on. Before that point, Julio Jones had eight targets for 107 yards. So even before garbage time, Julio Jones had a fantastic game. Eight targets, 107 yards. Ridley, up to that point, only had four targets, 56 yards, zero touchdowns. So he got all of those yards and his two touchdowns in the last two drives of the game. 
that's what scares me about thinking Calvin Ridley's this next top 10 wide receiver just because of this big game. Like, he got it because of garbage time. He did look good, though. He looked he good. Looked good. I'm not saying anything about that. I'm not saying you can't start Ridley. You start Ridley. But if you're going to expect him to break out like this, then you're going to have to have Atlanta be down by 20 points in garbage time because all of the targets were going to Julio. Julio was still the alpha. He was still the guy. Yeah, he was. So you're playing Julio. I mean, that's not in question. And yes, you're still playing Ridley, but don't think it's a must play if you have these great options. Like, I don't think it's this must play. We didn't see Robert Woods or Cooper Cup go off. Woods had a good game against Dallas last week. It was a volume game, though. Yeah, it it wasn't a crazy game. And then uh, Cooper Cup really didn't do much. So I don't know if Dallas is just this pushover in the secondary. Yeah. What about, I think actually one of the most interesting questions is Hayden Hurst. I know. He was, I, I think, uh, he ran the most routes for any tight end in week one. Okay. That's promising. I did feel like he was targeted more than his final stats. Say. <laughs> and I was watching the game. I was like, Hayden Hurst seems to be targeted. Um, but it just didn't turn out that way. I don't he really did know make that. one, like, diving catch, which looked, that looked really absolutely great. amazing. Uh-huh. I'm fine. Like, I'm still starting Hayden Hurst. I'm giving him a couple more weeks. There's really not a, gra- a lot of great tight end options. Um, so, so are you sticking with him? I'm sticking with him for the next couple weeks. Blech. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to another juicy matchup. How about Minnesota Vikings versus the Indianapolis Colts? We've got... Uh, this is an interesting juicy matchup. because It's it, so weird. If this was week one, I'd be saying like, oh, this might be like a low scoring game. But then you get through week one, and you're going to week two, and you're like, okay, well, the Vikings' defense was so bad. And Indy's defense wasn't bad. Like, they held their own, but Minshew definitely succeeded against them. Yeah. But then there's so much going on with their run game. Like, this is an actual, real interesting matchup. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, So let's start, first of all, Naeem Hines, Jonathan Taylor, who... Yeah. Who outscores the other this week? So Marlon Mack is officially out with his Achilles That's for the unfortunate. year, unfortunately. But now it's Jonathan Taylor time. They already announced he's the starter. Naheem Hines is going to get his snaps. He's going to get his targets. He will maybe lead the offense in targets this game, and I think he does get 100 targets on the season. So I'm fine with starting Naheem Hines in the flex. But I think Jonathan Taylor is the story here. I have him as my running back five on the week. Oh, my gosh. So we saw, I mean, Minnesota's defense isn't good. And it's, I'm not saying their run defense isn't good because they held Aaron Jones to a respectable only 66 yards. But he only had 16 carries. Uh, and, and the other running backs were doing their thing as well. Um, and they, they sort of rotated through those backs. So I feel like they you didn't really get to see, like, Aaron Jones get into that that rhythm. You have Daniil Hunter out for the Vikings. I think that certainly helps the cause. I'm I'm very interested and I think you can play both this week. If you had both on your roster, would you play both? Yeah, I would because we've seen how good the offensive line is in Indy. So I do think so once on the same roster. Yes, on the same roster. And I think Jonathan Taylor, if given a full workload, so he only had nine carries last week. He did only average 2.4 yards per carry. I'm not worried about it. I think once he gets the full workload, he gets in rhythm. I do think he's going to be fantastic. And he was used in the passing game. That's what we were worried about, that he wouldn't get the targets. He had six targets last week, six receptions. You saw when he got into space, he is such a hard player to get down. He will just tumble over you, like literally destroy your soul. 
So I'm excited to see what Jonathan Taylor can do this week. Um, as a starter, it, like I said, I think Hines will be involved, but I still think Jonathan Taylor will get plenty of touches. And if Phil Rivers is going to just keep passing short and passing to his running backs all the time, both of these options are going to be fantastic every week. Yeah, love it. And one of the uh, more underrated, I think, plays of the week, if you are really hurting for wide receiver, I absolutely love Paris Campbell this week up against the Minnesota Vikings. Like Michelle said, they could not stop a darn thing. Oh my goodness. When you have uh, Marquez Valdez-Scatling going for 96 yards against you, Alan Lazard only had 63 yards, but he should have had more than that. And honestly, MVS should have had more too. They were both dropping passes. Devontae Adams going off for 156 yards and two touchdowns. I think that Paris Campbell is going to have a fantastic game. Last week, the Vikings defense uh, gave up over 150 yards out of the slot. Paris Campbell played 95% of his snaps out of the slot last week. This is the game you plug in Paris Campbell in your flex for a big play. Could he disappoint? For sure. Like, he's not proven yet. But I, I have him ranked very high this week. I have him in the top 20. But for somebody who's not proven last week, he did post... Uh, not, six receptions for 71 yards. Like, yeah. that's not a bad game. And Rivers looked for Paris Campbell. Yep. Like, that was his guy. He's not throwing long. Like, his yards per reception is not going to be long because Rivers doesn't know how to throw the ball past 10 yards. Well, he does. He just doesn't know how to throw it accurately if he passes yeah. past 10 yards. But I'm totally with you there. I, I like a lot of, all these pieces with the Colts. Taylor, Hines, um, Campbell. I still think you can play T.Y. Uh, uh, Hilton. And then I think you definitely have to wait on Michael Pittman. He- Don't play the Minnesota defense. Little tip. Um, I played them in week one, and guess what? Yikes. Um, Why would you I play got, them in week one? I don't know, Michelle. <laughs> I got sucked into the hype, okay? <laughs> on the other side of the ball, we're looking at Kirk Cousins, right? And you would think you can play him. It's a fine matchup. The thing with Kirk Cousins is I feel like his ceiling is just too low. He doesn't have that boom potential. And really, his floor is not that safe either. Last week, they scored 34 points. They lost by nine points. And really, a lot of those points came at the end here because they were getting killed by Green Bay. You would think in that game script, Kirk Cousins is thrown for 40 passing attempts. At least 30, right? 25 passing attempts for Kirk Cousins in a blowout game. In a game that they should have been just throwing the ball nonstop. That doesn't make sense to me. And really, none of the running backs had very many carries either. So just this offense didn't have very many plays in general. You had Dalvin Cook with only 12 carries. Madison with six. Like, Thank God Dalvin Cook had two touchdowns. Where are all these plays at? That is what I'm so confused about. They're all in Adam Thielen's pocket. So I, you're playing Adam Thielen. He's always one of my favorite uh, fantasy wide receivers when he's healthy and out in the field. And uh, yes, his plays did come in garbage time, but... I don't care. Uh, if that defense is going to keep playing that way, then yeah, probably we'll have more garbage time. Maybe not against Indy and the Colts, but I still think that uh, Adam Thielen will have his targets. The Vikings have three plays. It is run the ball, pass to a running back, or pass to Adam Thielen. So Adam Thielen is part of the three game plays that uh, the Vikings. It's so crazy that like call. Kevin Stefanski left, and that's the the only three plays they left behind. Like crazy. 
Yeah. Uh, Totes craze. All of E.C. Johnson didn't actually have a terrible game. I mean, he had 56 yards, only three receptions. Not somebody that I'm getting cute with and putting in my flex at all. And then Herb Smith was someone that, you know, people were getting excited about going into his second year. I've been excited about him. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited. I think this was a weird game. No, I'm excited about his talent. But going into this year, Herb Smith Jr. was not someone I was looking to draft ever. Uh, in a redraft format because they don't pass the ball enough. And uh, Kyle Rudolph's still there. And even if he doesn't steal a lot of targets, he steals snaps in the few amount of targets there are to go around. When there's only 25, like there's just not a lot to go around. Uh, So Irv Smith is not someone you can trust yet. If you want to still believe in the talent and keep him on your bench, then fine. He's a dynasty acquirer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't touch him in redraft. Okay, let's move on to another game here. Let's not move on to our Pittsburgh Steelers rivals. We'll get to the Steelers game in a second. <laughs> but let's go to the Baltimore game. They're facing Houston. Great quarterbacks in this oh. game. So we have Lamar Jackson. We have Deshaun Watson. The issue is Deshaun Watson is stuck with Bill O'Brien. So this game is going to be terrible. If he Bill. had any other coach, this game would actually be a fun one. But we know Bill O'Brien will come out with no creative game plan. And Deshaun Watson and the Texans will be destroyed, most likely, by Baltimore. Do we trust Deshaun Watson this week in fantasy? Because last week was pretty rough until the last quarter when it was garbage time, right? Against Kansas City. Yeah. Is that the same thing? But the difference here is Baltimore's defense is pretty good. So will there ever be the opportunity to get those garbage time yards? We didn't see it come from Baker. But obviously, Baker and Watson are two completely different, Very different quarterbacks. Players. I don't know. I don't want to start Deshaun Watson. I don't want to start Deshaun Watson. But you but can't drop him. So no. if you don't want to pick up two quarterbacks. If you don't want to pick up two quarterbacks, here's what you have to do. You have to play Deshaun Watson, and then you have to sub in somebody who has a lot of upside. Yeah. Like, like Deshaun Jackson is a guy that we all talked about relentlessly in week one because he just has that tradition of having like million yard games in week one. But he didn't do it. But I do believe that he led all wide receivers in intended air yards. Um, so the opportunity was there. Uh, Lane Johnson should be returning this week. So that is a positive thing. Uh, Miles Sanders looks to be good to go. So I think all of those things are working in the favor of the Eagles. So maybe Deshaun Jackson. Who are some quarterbacks that you would consider picking up off waivers, putting Watson on your bench and starting them over? Like if Gardner Minshew was on your waivers, I would much rather play him. Yes. Would you? Yes. Okay. What about, let's get riskier here. (sighs) What about Mitch Trubisky? (laughs) Going up against Green Bay. Uh, I mean, Kirk Cousins didn't have a lot of yards. We saw Mr. Biscay have a pretty terrible game, but then ended up with a lot of fantasy points there because it, it finally clicked and they're throwing the ball. Mr. Biscay can get it done with his legs sometimes, and he will throw it up. Uh, Tell me, Deshaun Watson or Mitch? He's Trubisky. like the over/under. Like if you, if, let's say though, you sat Deshaun Watson. And Watson has a decent game, and you played Mitch Trubisky. And he, you will she, shoot yourself yeah. in the foot. <laughs> yeah, and he poops the bed. You're going to be so mad at yourself that you trusted Mitch Trubisky. I don't Trubisky. think that. I think that's where I draw the line of forgiveness. Like I, I couldn't forgive myself yeah. for that, so that's where I say no. I would rather start Cam Newton. Yes, um, absolutely. Cam Newton is my quarterback four on the week. I love Cam Newton. I think uh, 
you know, we'll maybe get into that matchup after, but um, I think he's going to have some opportunity to, to try to throw the ball a bit more um, and continue using his legs. So where's that line? Like for Watson to get into a little more, I'm playing Watson over the Tyrod Taylors, over the Teddy Bridgewaters, over, I would still play him over Mitch Trubisky. Ooh, how about Jimmy Garoppolo? I, uh, good matchup against the Jets. They uh, obviously lean on the run game. With the, he with doesn't Ki- have a lot of receivers. Exactly. With all of his receivers being out and with Kittle having his injury and his sprained knee, who knows how good he is to go. So you're picking the Jets upset. I'm No, 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 no. San Fran will still win. Did you see the Jets? Oh, my goodness. I don't know if they're going to beat a team all year. But I still would stick with Watson just because of the pl- depleted offense of San Fran. And they're probably not going to have to throw a lot to beat the Jets, even though they are a good run But they defense. will. That's what I'm saying. So, like, th- there's a couple of interesting things at play. So, like, the Jets aren't going to run the score up, obviously. So that would mean a great game for the run. But the Jets' run defense is really good. So, like, what is that? How do you balance that out? So then the Jets' run defense is really good, so you should go to the passing game, but there's nobody to pass to. You know, Jarek McKinnon could have a secretly good PPR game. He, he might be a really nice DFS player Yeah, we saw, you know, the Bills running back struggled against the Jets on the ground, but they each had receptions. Like, Moss scored a receiving touchdown. He had three more receptions. Uh, Singletary, I think, had five receptions on seven targets. McKinnon could have a good PPR game in... You know, maybe Kendrick Bourne is a sneaky play. Probably not. Jordan Reed. There's probably a good piece in this offense, right? It's just picking the right one. And I think it's Kendrick Bourne. I already called my shot. I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon. If okay. we're going to call our shots, I'm going to go with there. And about, I, I am this? fine with playing Jimmy Garoppolo over Deshaun Watson. It, ha- it depends on who you have to drop, though. So if I'm dropping someone that I think can be good for my team in the future, you have to think about what you're losing to play Jimmy G over Watson. doesn't matter that much. I don't know. Yeah. Because Watson can still, like, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the I league. I said, there was a matchup last season. I don't remember what it was because uh, I blacked out and I <laughs> forgot it and got amnesia because it was absolutely horrific. What? But anyway, um, sorry, I was just reliving all of my pain. About um, what? I, I sat, I sat him. I sat Deshaun Watson. And would he go off for 45 points? He exploded. And you know what? I, I'm still, like, I'm visibly shaken right now. I don't want you guys, I don't want that to be you in 2020, okay. guys. What about? 2021. Oh what about gosh. David Johnson? I love David Johnson this week. You do? Because they, you know, the Baltimore defense, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt actually played well against That's them. what I'm saying. But they didn't get the opportunity because they went down so fast. Does that happen in Houston? Duke Johnson is dealing with an injury, so maybe David Johnson gets all of the targets as well. I, I'm i still playing David Johnson. I would play David Johnson for sure. I'm playing David Johnson. I think he looked absolutely fantastic, and so did the, the Browns. And, it, like, let's be honest, though. If we put uh, both of their stat lines together for, like, a starting running back, actually would have had a good game. Yeah, it would have so, like Okay. David Johnson is the only guy that is going to see the carries in this offense, at and least then the meaningful ones. Only one more guy that you would even consider starting on Houston would be Will Fuller. He had a really nice week one, right? Like, it was decent. He had a lot of targets. He was – he kind of played that Hopkins role, just not as well as him, obviously. But Give him he, time. He was getting targets all over the field. 
Now, Baltimore in week one shut down Baker and those... Shut down Baker Mayfield. He shut down your boy, OBJ. You love OBJ, and OBJ did nothing. I'm a little bit worried that could happen in this game. I'm still willing to play Will Fuller, but we know his history. It's boomer bust. So we'll see if that changes, if he continues to get those targets that he did last week. Cool. And then you know you can trust him. Fine with benching him. I'm fine with sitting him. That's how I feel. You're fine with benching him and sitting him. I would prefer to bench him, but if I had to play him, I wouldn't hate it. So you would either bench him or sit him. Paris Campbell. I'd rather play Paris Campbell over Will Fuller. Okay. Um, I could probably give more options. I think I'd rather play Deontay Johnson than Will Fuller. Okay. Um, we'll go through that a little bit later once but, I pull um, up my rankings. But like, would you want to bench him or sit him? Shut up. Oh, <laughs> oh I was saying venture sit. Venture sit. <laughs> I thought I was saying sorry sit. I thought you were just making fun of me that those are the two options. No. Oh, I'm saying if I had to start him, I wouldn't be mad. If I had to sit him, I wouldn't be mad. Sure. Right. Now I understand why you asked me 300 times because you were about to be smacked. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Baltimore side. You're starting Lamar Jackson. No reason to talk are about that. Are you sure? Uh, and then let's go on to the running backs. Mark Ingram, like what happened? I I don't know, honestly. I don't... It's not even like J.K. Dobbins stole a lot of carries between the 20s. Uh, it was Mark Ingram's carries. He didn't get too many. But once I got to the goal line, it went to J.K. Dobbins, which that's pretty wild to me. I was not planning on that. I'll say that's one of my misses if that continues. Neither of them were involved as receivers. So we did see, like, that was something that I missed on last season. I did not project Mark Ingram to have a receiving role. And he did, but not in this game. Mark Ingram barely had a receiving role last year, like but, 20 targets. I mean, it's still a receiving role. He got He had a lot zero. of receiving touchdowns last year. There you go. That's a receiving role. Um, I think that Marquise Brown probably had the quietest, best week one out of any wide receiver. He, he did. looked fantastic. And he had, it, he had it in the first quarter, or not the first quarter, the first half. And you might say, well, why did he disappear in the second half? Well, they went up like 30 to 6. Like, they won the game 38 to 6. It is very promising that Hollywood Brown put up 101 yards in a game where they didn't even need him. Like, yeah. They they got ahead fast. They used Hollywood Brown. And then they were like, you know what? Now we're just going to run out the clock. Kick your feet up, son. So if, they, if the Ravens are ever in a close game, it might not ever happen because it feels like years since I've seen a close Ravens game. Hollywood Brown's a great option. I was nervous to play him. Uh, in week one, because we just didn't know his role completely. Uh, and I, I loved drafting Hollywood Brown. but His I, role is baller. Yeah. I had Hollywood Brown on so many benches because I loved drafting him. I was just too nervous to plug him in. That's unfortunate. But now he's going in my lineup, and we'll see what happens against the Texans secondary. He should do pretty well. We saw Sammy Watkins have a nice game. Terry Kill had a decent game. Yeah. I, I think Hollywood Brown can have another nice game. You're plugging him in from here on out and until he shows us otherwise, right? Yeah. Uh, anything else? Baltimore's defense, you can play. Houston's defense, you cannot. Do not play Houston's so we, defense. We hit on Mark Ingram. Are you trusting J.K. Dobbins? Because no. how you got points from J.K. Dobbins last week is purely the two touchdowns. Uh, without that, he gets two points. So here's the issue with that. The Ravens offense is so efficient that you can't always count on them to actually have goal line situations because they might just take a 50 yard touchdown to the house and you don't even get to, you don't you don't see the goal line. The goal line is a dot to you. <laughs> yeah, and uh you know, 
the offensive coordinator for the Ravens, Greg Roman, did come out today and say they're going to use a different team, a uh, different backfield rotation, in any given week, just to keep defenses on their toes. So yes, this week, maybe last week was J.K. Dobbins at the goal line, but this week could be Mark Ingram. I do think this just sounds like a headache at the running back position for the Ravens' backfield. Either one can have a nice game any given week. Either one can have a terrible game. I think it's going to come down to touchdowns because they're not getting those targets or receptions. As I said, J.K. Dobbins, without those two touchdowns, scores 2.2 points. Because, you know, 22 yards on the ground, no receptions. Not great. And that's what you got out of Mark Mark Ingram this week. He didn't get the touchdowns, so he got 2.9 points. I think that's going to happen for whoever doesn't get the touchdowns. Yeah. And I don't know, with just being a touchdown guy and you're not touching it enough, is your ceiling high enough to take that risk, right? Probably not. J.K. Dobbins scored two touchdowns and still only scored 14 points. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Like, that's... Because that's your touchdowns. Like Yeah, that's pretty much your ceiling then at that point, unless one of them takes over the backfield completely and gets all the carries. And that will be the only way. Uh, Ingram had 10 carries. Dobbins had 7. It's going to be something to monitor. Very interesting. Both were inefficient on the ground, but I think that has to do more with the... I think the Browns' run defense is actually pretty solid, so... Okay. We'll see if they can stop Joe Mixon tonight. Should we close it out? Uh, let's. Uh, I'll let you pick. Uh, we're going to we're gonna wrap up with one more game, and then okay. we're going to talk about some of our favorite uh, picks of the week that we maybe have over consensus, or maybe guys that were lower on uh, than the general public. Uh, Michelle, let's either go with the Chiefs Chargers or the Steelers. I mean, you know what game I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the Steelers Broncos because with the Chiefs Chargers. I feel like that's such a boring game. No, it's not because there's a lot to go over, especially with Connor and Snell. We just got more news. The reason I'm not going over Chiefs Chargers is you're starting Mahomes. You're starting Kelsey. You're starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Those are all top there's, they're all top plays this week, every week, right? Mike Williams is a top 20 play this week. Mike Williams, you can play him. That's fine. I mean, Kansas City's kind of hard against wide receivers. You're not starting Tyrod Taylor. Like, Kansas City, as much as they score on you, they also don't give up a ton. Uh, so there's not a whole lot in that game to talk about. I do think it's important to talk about the Denver-Pittsburgh game. Yes, I'm being a homer, but there's a lot in here. Big Ben had a solid first game back. Yeah. A solid fantasy first game back. Now he's going against a harder defense. That's not... It's not the Giants' worst secondary of all time. Now they did lose. The Denver Broncos lost A.J. Boye for a couple weeks, so we will not have to face him. But Chris Harris is still there. You can't say we on a fantasy podcast. Chris Harris is now with uh, the Chargers, huh? Yeah. Ooh, so maybe. Oh, that that just got a little bit more interesting. Um, A.J. Boye is gone. I do think you could still start Ben. What about I, you? It's a home game, even though there's no crowd. But at least we're not traveling. Yeah, I keep saying we. At least the Steelers aren't traveling <laughs> to Denver. Michelle Majuk, official Steelers representative of the Ball Blast podcast. At least the Steelers aren't traveling to Denver. That's a big thing because we know It's hard to play that, in Denver. But the Steelers don't travel no. very well. Especially out west. Do yeah. not travel. Um, so let's talk about the Steelers' backfield because James Conner did come out this week. Um, was sort of like jogging on the sidelines looked like he might come back in just had a heart attack i just got a notification on my phone that says 
Mike Pouncey will undergo hip surgery and will miss the rest of the season. All I saw was Pouncey and miss the rest of the season. And I thought Marquise Pouncey might be out for a second. But also shout out to Mike Mike, Mike Pouncey. Pouncey. So Get the Chargers there. center is out. Um, that, that's a hit for Eckler. That's a hit for the whole offense. Uh, but they'll figure it out. Anyway. there's It's not the Steelers. <laughs> I'm just happy about that. But if we're going to talk about injuries, you're starting Big Ben. I, I do think you can start him. I would start him over Deshaun Watson, which we were talking about earlier. Uh, and now we have to get to these running backs. James Conner, you start him. You feel so good about it. He had the whole offseason to get healthy. He makes it through eight snaps, I think. I don't get it. I really, like, so here's what I don't get. Um, we just got, you know, the the updated reports. It sounds like Connor's good to Full go Full participant. Now. Full participant in Thursday's practice. And he, you know, the, he's going to play. That's the plan. So here's my question. The, it was a Monday night game. And he wasn't well enough to come back into the game, but he's well enough to have he a full He was jumping practice. up and down on the sidelines. He was running. He looked fine to me. He looked angry. But that's angry. what I'm saying. What is... He looked angry, and I don't know if it was Mike Tomlin punishing him for getting injured again. I mean, he's always injured. So if he came out that and he said sounds like injured. such a mean stepmom. But Benny Snell went in. Like, the Steelers were handling the Giants pretty much that entire game. You never felt like it was... Even, you know, it, it, there was never much worry in that game. Benny Snell was doing his thing. He looked great. Oh, yeah. Connor so did if not look Connor good is, you know, Connor's always roughed up. You know, he's always injured. So if he does come out and say that he has a little bit of uh, soreness, then why are you playing him, right? Because you know his body isn't holding up. So if they're in that game type of situation and they don't need him, I, I think that's really what it came down to. I think he starts this game. I think Benny Snell gets more carries than he would have got if he didn't play week one. Yeah, he looked um, so good. And maybe, you know, Connor's more used as that pass-catching guy than he is up the middle. And I'm fine with that. I think and that's great as, for his value and to and, keep him healthy. Yeah, in fantasy, you should be fine with that too because, trust me, Connor's going to be the goal line guy. He's one of the best goal line backs in the league. And he will get the targets throughout the field and you'll get the targets near the end zone. He'll still be good for fantasy. He just needs to stay healthy for a game. Good luck deciding if you want to play him this week. I don't even know yet. I have him in so many leagues, and I don't know if I can possibly stomach putting him into my lineup again. I would go half seas then. Half seas? All right. I do. So he can just ruin half of my lineup this week instead of all of them? There's one more question that I want to ask, and it's on the Steelers' side of the ball. Uh, There was a report that Big Ben felt like he got hit by a truck after Monday Night Football. I feel like that's pretty normal, especially if you haven't played in a while. I don't like that, though. I know. He he just said he's sore, and I think that's fine. He'll be fine. He did say the day after the game he felt like he was hit by a truck, and the next day he felt like he was in a car accident, and he said hopefully the next day it just feels like I fell off a bike. I think he's getting better every day. He's fine. He's just wearing off. He's such one for the theatrics. Yes, he really is. uh, (laughs) You're playing Juju. He looked great uh, last week. Should we talk about Denver? I hear they're playing Denver. Yeah, they're playing Denver. That's what I was getting to. (laughs) Deontay Johnson needs a ton of targets to be uh, valuable in fantasy. I I think he's going to be hard to trust. Yeah, he's just also not targeted. Like, uh, James Washington. He was targeted 10 times, but most of those came like They were short. They were short passes, and they, you know, one of them went straight to his back. <laughs> yeah, it did. Moving on to the other side of the ball, Jerry Judy looked good in his first game. Did have two drops. Hard matchup. Yeah. Um, but we did just see Darius Slayton have a very good game against that secondary. He's going to have to pass to someone. Drew Locke has to pass to somebody. 
It could be Noah Fant. He looked fantastic as well. I think it's Fant and Judy. Those are your two plays, and I'm fine with still playing them. Who I'm not okay with playing is Melvin Gordon and obviously Philip Lindsay with his toe injury. I, I don't mean, think Philip Lindsay's active, and if he is, you wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot ball. We brought now, this up a little bit earlier that Gordon probably can't be in your lineup. No, 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 no. Um, he cannot be in your lineup, but here's the question. Do you think Cortland Sutton's active for this game? If he is, I'm not going to take. I'm not going to start him because, A, he's going to be still dealing with the injury, overcoming it, and then I do think the Steelers' defense is good enough to stop him who, you know, a little bit harder to separate. He's more of the contested catch guy. I think the reason why Darius, Darius Slayton was just open, right? Like he was just open deep and they connected there. I think that can be your Noah fans and your Jerry Judy's are getting into space and getting open and maybe breaking it longer after the catch. That's just not really Cortland Sutton's game. I do worry though, if we see Cortland Sutton uh, return to the game that we may see uh, just a, a drop-off in overall production from Noah Fant. He looked fantastic. He got the targets. But you do... Th- there should be that question of, did he see those because Cortland Sutton wasn't there? Like, we don't have a frame of reference. Yeah. Oh, and I'm he sure had a very did. low, low, low floor. <laughs> High ceiling. Yeah, I... I do think a lot of those targets probably came from Cortland Sutton being out. I wouldn't worry about it yet this week. I don't think... Cortland Sutton's going to be healthy enough to make that matter. This matchup just stinks for that whole offense. Not starting Drew Locke. Like, I don't care. Like, not starting. I will say, uh, Drew Locke kind of surprised me. I thought he looked better than I expected. That's fine. But <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. Um, yeah, so let's let's move on. We are going to talk about rankings, guys. So excited. At ballblastfootball.com, we have our rankings up. For week two, you can check out our rankings from week one. I hit the top 75 most accurate experts. Woo! I think it's out of 150s, but hey, I'm... (laughs) Halfway there. Halfway there. Um, But our own Matthew Betts actually ranked top 20, which is amazing. Um, So super excited about that. But let's talk about our guys. Uh, Who do you have higher this week than uh, maybe Ball Blast Consensus or... Consensus. Consensus. Say that word again. Consensus, consensus, consensus. Well, you cannot say it. Consensus. All right, yeah, let's talk about it. So I'm looking at someone that we both have super, super high. Um, That's scary. Uh, Josh Allen. I mean, we you have him as your quarterback one. Like, I have him as my three, so I'm not as crazy as you. You want to give him your little nugget you have on Josh Allen against the Dolphins? Yes. Okay, so Josh Allen has had four career games. Obviously, he is in the same division has had four career games against the Miami Dolphins, and he has finished as the quarterback one on the week in two out of those four matchups. He finished as the quarterback two on the week in one of those matchups and finished as the quarterback 10 on the th- on the fourth. So the dude's never not been a quarterback one. Yeah. And His it- average is like 1.75. Yeah, and if you have, I mean, if you're the quarterback one on the week twice, against that team. We just saw Cam Newton have a very nice fantasy week. Uh, you know, Josh Allen is com- comped to Cam Newton, mm-hmm. right? That's the comp. And then you have a younger Cam Newton and Josh Allen. I'm very excited for Josh Allen in this game. Whew. We saw he got to run a lot. And I don't know if that's going to change this week against Miami. Uh, I, I Josh Allen should have another two-touchdown, 300-yard game. 
and hopefully one on the ground as well. So really like him. He's high for us. If you have him, you're obviously starting him. Who's a running back that is high for you? High for me. I'm going with Nick Chubb this week. Ooh, I uh, like that. We we said before that, you know, we thought he looked really good uh, against the, the Baltimore defense, just didn't have the opportunity. Thursday night football, I know you guys uh, probably have already watched the game by this point, but I do expect him to have a good game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, when they're listening, they're going to know if you're stupid or not. Ooh! Because people always listen before, so they'll forget by the time uh, (laughs) the games happen. But you actually are giving a take where they know immediately how stupid you are. Yeah, Nick Chubb. Let's uh, all just make fun of him right now. Nick Chubb had such a bad game, Kate. (laughs) So embarrassing. Have a good game. Yeah, he had a great game. I have. Now, I actually really like Chubb and Hunt uh, tonight. He looked explosive. They both looked great. And I think in a game, you know, game situation, like we're going to see tonight with Cincinnati and the Browns, it's going to be a close scoring game, you would think. I think both are going to be highly involved and highly effective. Uh, someone that I'm higher on uh, than most. I mean, people are freaking out about this guy. It's not like he had a terrible week. Austin Eckler, I have him as my running back seven this week against Kansas City. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, obviously. And Tyrod Taylor is going to have to figure out how to use a great weapon in the offense. I don't care that you don't pass the running backs. Like, figure it out. Do you want to win some games? Do you want to keep your job? Then you're <laughs> going to figure out how to use one of your best weapons in your offense. Your weapons? In, one of your best weapons? One of your best weapons in your offense. I mean, last week, guys, he had 19 carries. That's That was what was so surprising is that he like, That's took what we on that role about. of a workhorse, yeah. and then we didn't see the care. Like, yeah. we didn't see the targets. I was worried that we would see the targets and that we wouldn't have a safe floor with the carries. It was literally the opposite. And it's not like he was bad with them. He had 84 yards, 4.4 yards a carry. Now Josh Kelly stole his touchdowns. That stinks. But And he only had one target. Now, if you only score 8.4 points like you did last week, yeah, yeah, that doesn't feel good. But I do think um, it's going to be different uh, moving forward, and especially versus Kansas City offense. They're going to have to pass the ball, and I think he will get more targets. Yeah. You can run on Kansas City. We just saw David Johnson have a very good game against Kansas City. We saw him get targets. I think Austin Heckler has a very solid week. I have him much higher than... Well, when I say much higher, I have him as my running back seven. You two have him as 12 and 13. So I have about five five to six spots higher. That's not the worst. What about a wide receiver? Uh, do you have anyone on hand that you're a little bit higher on than the rest? Maybe a lot higher on? A lot higher Ooh, on. Ooh, I have someone. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know I was assigning him. Okay, well, now you need to start because I was just trying to think of a name. I have Stephon Diggs as my wide receiver six. Dude, me too. No, you have him at 25 and 27. No. Yes. No. You're looking at Allen Robinson. No. Yes, you have him as your your wide receiver. Okay, that's an error. Okay, well, Betts has him as twenty seven. So you guys are no. More... I had him right around like wide receiver nine. Okay, well, something happened there. I have him as my wide receiver six. We saw that connection right away, and Josh Allen is going to look for Diggs. Diggs looked good. I think this is a great matchup against Miami. We already talked about that. I think Josh Allen has a nice day. I like Stefan Diggs on a weekly basis until we get to some harder matchups. I just really do. I I don't mind that whatsoever. Um, a guy he, that, by the end of the by the time we get to Sunday, I'm sure he'll be pushed down more towards towards uh, wide receiver twelve or so because I'm nervous with him so high. 
But just know I really like Stefan Diggs this week. Okay. Okay. How about a, a tight end? Uh, let's, you didn't let's give just... your wide receiver. I know. I, you can't get away with that. I feel like I'm pretty... Uh, I feel like I've just sort of gone with consensus this week. I feel like you just so... copied Matthew Betts' ranking. <laughs> no way. Well, he was the, the 20th best, Michelle. I'm very low in Cooper Cup, apparently, compared to you two. You both have him at 17 and 15, and I have him at 33. I do actually like the matchup more because Darius Slay should be on Woods. Uh, so I might move him up a little bit and try to be closer to you guys, but not all the way up to 15. That's pretty wild to me. Um, yeah, you're really just, you didn't do anything crazy. No, I feel Boring. like I was the middle ground between you and, but I need to go stir some stuff up. Boring. But <laughs> it, it is super boring. Um, tight end, a guy I love this week is Jared Cook. Um, yeah. I think he's got a monster opportunity with the absence of Michael Thomas. We saw a really, really nice catch down the field. We uh, all have him play. as our tight end seven. I think that might be too low. I think it's too low. It's kind of weird. We all ranked him at seven, uh, and I do think that's too low with Michael Thomas out. He should get a lot of targets. And I, I think I should move him up to three. I don't know if I'm going to go that high, but maybe like five. And Mark Andrews, we all have as our one. We all put Mark Andrews at one instead of Kelsey, and obviously Kittle with the injury would be a little tough doing that. Um, so that's super interesting. I mean, you're starting Mark Andrews if you had him. And then we have, uh, we both have Darren Waller as our tight end three this week. Jinx. Betts has him at five. And then we're way higher in Noah Fant than Betts is. And I'm way higher than you are. I have Noah Fant at tight end four. Oh my God. So I guess maybe I should be a little bit more cautious because I thought Evan yes. Ingram, I thought Evan Ingram was going to have a nice game against Pittsburgh. We do typically allow tight ends to do some work against us. Evan Ingram just had a couple really bad plays. Like really bad. He had the, one of the worst drops. Like it just, nobody was around him and he just dropped the ball. So I do think uh, Noah Fant can be better. If Cortland Sutton plays, I would have to drop him down a bit. But if Cortland Sutton's out, I have him really high. You have him at tight on eight. Betts has him at 14. Is there anyone else we want to discuss? I have uh, TJ Hawkinson. We all have at tight end 12 as well. Some guy I want to boost up this week, and it's disgusting, OJ Howard. If Chris Godwin is out and Mike... Evans, they you know just don't want to uh, maybe push this week. OJ Howard looked really good. He had a touchdown. He was fantasy relevant this week, um, and he's a guy that we know has all of the physical attributes that we would like in a pass catching tight end. Goes up against Cincinnati. They are are hurting all over the field at defense. I think he's a really interesting pick, and we've heard all off season that there are some nice things. Uh, going on between he and Sir Brady. So I want to say, um, did you say going off against Cincinnati? You mean Carolina? Because I was like, who is she talking about here for a second? You said Cincinnati. Carolina. Oh. But I was going to say, in the Cincinnati. Cincinnati is also hurting pretty bad. Yeah. I was going to say, in the Cincinnati uh, Browns game, again, don't know if you're listening before, CJ Uzumo is actually a really secret Ugh. good play this week. Because, I mean, the Browns were one of the worst at guarding the tight end position in 2019. Like, bottom three. Then they let Mark Andrews score two touchdowns and have a really good game. For the record, I do not endorse this. And then, CJ Uzuma had five targets for 45 yards last week. Five targets was, like, I think second Ooh. on the team in targets. All I'm saying is the Browns are bad at guarding the tight end. 
Clearly, Burrow looked for Uzuma. I mean, five targets, four receptions for 45 yards is probably one of the better stat lines out of tight ends in week one, right? It's like not top five or anything. That's disgusting. But I'm just saying he is, he's a secret start. He is, I mean, I still have him as my tight end 17. I didn't get crazy or anything, but I do think he, you could start him this week if you needed to. You bold, girl. All right. I, I think we hit everything we needed to hit in week one. Everybody. Or week two. Oh my gosh, oh my time flies. Week two. Guys, we only have 15 of these left. Aww. What are we going to do? Oh my God, I already feel like it's coming to an end, but that's all right. We still have some some football left in us. Uh, everybody, please go check out ballblastfootball.com. Be sure to uh, check out our Patreon page. We've got an exclusive extra episode a week of the podcast. Um, we've got a Slack channel. We've got betting articles. We've got like the whole slew of stuff. To pair with your betting articles, be sure to go to mybookie8.ag and you can get a winning season return. Double your first deposit with promo code BALLBLAST. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are starting off where they left off. They returned in a big way. Now we get action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Don't miss out. Use promo code BALLBLAST to match your first deposit. And guys, rock week two. Good luck, y'all. Bye. Bye.